We are the Bride Radio as the voice of the true Bride of Christ. Stand up and take your place in the army and the kingdom. We recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with the principalities and the powers of the air. We are a ministry of prayer, and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe. We provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other. Hold up each other's arms and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army. So we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go bride! Our soon coming king awaits. This is a WATV disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministries, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. Good morning, Bride. Good morning. I pray everybody's having a wonderful Saturday morning. Boy, we had such a great broadcast last night, Bride. Let me tell you. Uh, with Steve and Miss Lynn, it was such a great program. Um, with Brock leading, he did such a phenomenal job uh, preparing the church for uh, what's coming with the Noahide Law agenda. And along with our news broadcast that we did the other night, uh, that was probably by the most important news broadcast we've ever done. I'm telling you, it just uh, it just, you know, busted out everything that's happening right now, the UN agenda and uh, where we're at as a church and everything. So um, it was really, really good, Brad. Now, listen, this morning when I was reading the Bible, hold on just a moment, Brad. We are the Bride Center. May I help you? Well, this is me, but I'm live right now, and I can't talk. <laughs> now I'm live on air. Well, give me your phone number and I'll call you back. Yeah. Okay, Miss Barbara. All right, bye-bye. What? Bye-bye. Sorry about that, bro. All right, listen here. It gets... <laughs> hey, first of all, can y'all hear me with this mic? Boy, did I get some backlash from some of you, Brad, about that other 
that other mic that I use. I have people tell me, you better get you another mic. You were so muffled. Oh, no, this one echoes, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, my Lord. I'm hoping to be able to do it sounds too loud. Oh, let me try something else. Okay, testing, testing. Is it still too loud? Still muffled, but I just turned my volume down. Well, let me move it from my mouth. I'll move it over there. How's that? If I move it that far away from me, that's better. Okay, hold on just a moment. All right, let's see here. Wow, it is that loud being way over there. Jeez. Brad, I don't know how to turn it down. <laughs> Let me see if I can turn it down, Brad. Good Lord. <laughs> I am so sorry. Alright, let me know if that's better. I don't know. I don't know how to turn it down. Wow. That is really loud. Oh, man. Well, I saw it, Brian. I can put it further away from me. Let's see. All the way over there. <laughs> I'm feeling great. Uh, I'm feeling really good. I got some good rest, and I'm, uh, I can hear just a little muffled. What the world? Don't worry about it. Turn down the volume down on your phones. No worries. Okay, well, I'm sorry, bud. I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to talk to Brock and see if, because I'm in my office right here is what it is. Oh my goodness, y'all can see my hair straightening. <laughs> Let me get rid of my... <laughs> I don't want to tell on myself. <laughs> Let me hide my hair straightening. <laughs> so y'all <laughs> so don't see it. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Denny says, march on. All right. Well, I do apologize about the microphone being so loud. Brad, listen here. This morning, in my personal uh, prayer time and Bible study, I was just, you know, worshiping the Lord and praising Him, you know, for who He is and all this. And so I just started reading the Bible and I was like, oh my goodness, I have got to read this to you today, Brad, because this is exactly where we're at today. So, before we get started in this, I want us to pray, and um, all right, let's all pray. 
Lord, we just love you this morning. We worship and praise you, Lord, on this Saturday morning. And we ask you, God, to fill our houses, Lord, with your peace. Fill our homes, Lord. Fill our hearts with your presence, Lord. Lord, we thank you for who you are and who you are in us, Lord. We thank you, God, that we are in your bubble. We are in your wings, Lord, that we are in the shelter of the Almighty, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, too, that although the storm may come, that you are here with us, Lord, and we worship and praise your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. And then, bride, after I was reading in Daniel chapter 1 this morning, I was coming to work and I was like, you know, listening to the radio and I heard this song. I was like, what? This song is like the anthem of the day. You know, when I consider like what we talked about last night about martyrdom and the vaccine and all the things that are coming, I was listening to that song by Mercy Me called Even If. Because remember last night we talked about martyrdom and I said, the will of the Lord be done. That That's our motto from here until the day the Lord takes his own. Whether we're stoned to death, whether we're wherever, how it's going to end, okay? We do not live the rest of our days based upon that moment. Because we're going to praise the Lord from now till then. We're going to worship him because... It's our life, our destiny, our whole existence is in his hand. And whatever he decides that will give him the most glory, that's what we want for our lives, Brad. Do you understand? We are going to suffer, Brad. We are going. Go ahead and get that in your head. We are going to suffer. Jesus suffered, and we're going to suffer. Okay? So we have got to get our heart set that we will pay whatever price God says, and the will of the Lord be done. Okay, so I don't know how, you know, they may punish me, Face, I mean, not Facebook, but YouTube, uh, by, you know, playing this song. But I want to play it, Brian, because I want you to hear the words. Uh, hopefully they'll have the lyrics up there because it is just so beautiful. All right, here we go. They say sometimes you win some. I guess I'll have to sing it because I can't get to play. Sometimes you lose some. Right now, I'm losing bad. Remember that part? I stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken it'll be alright. Cause right now, right now, I just can't. I'm not doing near the justice he is. It's easy to sing when there's nothing to bring me down. This is true, isn't it, Brad? What will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right now? I know you're able and I know you can. 
Say through the fire with your mighty hand. But even if you don't, my hope is you alone. They say it only takes a little faith to move a mountain. Well, good thing a little faith is all I have right now. Isn't this beautiful, Brad? You'd have to hear the song. God, when you choose to leave mountains unmovable, give me the strength to be able to sing. It is well with my soul. I know you're able and I know you can save through the fire with your mighty hand. But even if you don't, my hope is you alone. I know the sorrow and I know the hurt would all go away if you just say the word. But even if you don't, my hope is you alone. You've been faithful. You've been good all my days. I'm sure I'm singing this all, but Jesus, I will cling to you. Come what may. Whoever wrote this song surely has been through so much. I know you're able and I know you can. We gotta remember this, Brad, even if we're in them family camps, we know he can. And I know you're able, I know you can save through the fire with your mighty hand. But even if you don't, my hope is you alone. I know the sorrow, I know the hurt would all go away if you just said the word. But even if you don't, my hope is you alone. Isn't that beautiful, Brad? That is exactly, exactly, exactly. Exactly. My hope is you alone. He's all we have, Brad. Oh, look, now the curtain's closing. And it is well with my soul. Oh! It has an excellent ending because what they do what to me what this video is saying is uh, in the curtain of our life in the story of our life we're going to suffer and we're going to go through things but the will of the Lord be done amen and when when our curtain closes we want to be able to say it is well with my soul. Let your will be done, Lord. All right. If y'all get a chance to look up that song today and listen to it, it's beautiful. Okay, everybody turn your Bible to Daniel chapter 1 because y'all know that I do the King James Bible. Hey, thank you to uh, Miss Jane who mailed me these glasses, these cool-looking glasses because y'all know I need some glasses. <laughs> And she sent me some, and they're perfect. All right, so here we go. Book of Daniel. Let's go to Daniel chapter 1. Okay. 
In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, into Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. Now, I wrote in my notes, you know, Brad, that's exactly what's happening right now. I'm relating Nebuchadnezzar to President Trump, okay? God is giving us into the beast. I'm not, I'm not calling I'm not calling him the beast, but I'm just giving you a scenario, okay? Uh, but God did tell us in the book of Revelation that we will be turned over to the beast for a season. And this is where martyrdom comes in. This is why a lot of people are preparing for that. Uh, but in this situation, back in the day of Daniel's day, uh, the same thing kind of happened back then. Okay, and the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God, which means uh, he partnered with the wrong people, didn't he? And the king spoke unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and the king's seed and of the princes. And guess what I wrote in my Bible, Brad? The best. Does that sound like President Trump? He says that he wants all of the um, people, the only people he wants allowed in this country is the best. He wants the best minds. He wants the best people. Uh, he wants them to be vetted. No more are they able to come uh, based upon family. Like, if you're family, then we're going to bring you over. No more. He wants the best, most educated minds, the best, the best. Okay, but then, children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge, and understanding science, and such as had the ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learned and the tongue of the Chaldeans. Now, let me tell you something very important, Brad. This is exactly what President Trump has done, the Nebuchadnezzar type of deal. He, he pulled in one of the biggest uh, voices in the evangelical community. Okay, this woman pulled in the entire leaders in the country in the White House. So what they did is the exact same thing that Nebuchadnezzar did. They brought in people, the well-favored, the people very popular, the influencers. I have been in these meetings, Brad. I, I'm telling you. He has surrounding him the influencers and the best in their industry so that they can be the voices for his agenda. The same thing. And I even put in here like the New Apostolic Reformation. Uh, when you look at my book, the uh, American Expose, I talk, I do the whole expose on the New Apostolic Reformation. And one of the things that they do is called the Seven Mountain Mandate. And they bring in, uh, they want the catalyst of every mountain. And they do conferences called the Catalyst Conference. 
they will do, you know, where they want all the best of the best people. And they, they want all of the leaders in all these cities to be a part of this uh, apostolic renewal that they're doing. Now, at the bottom where it says, so that they will teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans, this is what they did with the evangelicals. Because President Trump brought the evangelicals in to learn how to talk to us. See, I know in communications, okay, in communications, I whenever I want to get my message across that I'm trying to, you know, educate people on, I have to talk their language. So when I write books, I, like when I'm writing to the church, I talk churchies, which means I can say things to you like, you know, the anointing was so strong and, you know, I know how we can talk about all, you know, our church language because we're Christians. So we, we understand heaven and we understand the concepts of Christianity. Okay, so he pulled in the evangelicals to say key words that are going to pull the church in. That is what has happened here with the Chaldeans. Learning how to talk their language so that he can get his agenda out there. Okay, then look. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank so nourishing them three years that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. And I thought, uh-huh, because he brought all of these leaders in, gave them a seat at the table, gave them power inside the White House, where it's so much so to where they're doing like all these videos that, uh, oh no, something's wrong with the sound again. So Susan said there's a sound issue. Is there something wrong? Can y'all hear me good or is it? Oh, it's the same. Okay. Just, <laughs> Hey, Miss Deanna. <laughs> okay, so y'all can. Okay, that's good. Okay, thank you. Okay, but do y'all understand what I'm saying about what the president did? You know, when he uh, he brought in the evangelicals, he gave them a seat at the table, he gave them the power, he allowed them to do all of their videos inside the White House, he allowed them. To show the world, we're singing, we're praying, you know, we're, we're doing all this. We have all this power. Look, all you Christians out here. This is the most awesome president because he allowed us in. Now, among the, these were the children of Judah. And you know what that means, Brad, when it says the children of Judah. We're talking, this means these are the best of the best. These are the closest to God. These are the evangelicals. You know, like he pulled in the, the very ones that would give him the hardest grief about his, if, you know, the church was legit and we saw the beast coming in, they would sound the alarm. So he pulls them in and gives them a seat at the table and then you don't have to worry about that. Dang, okay, so here's what he did. 
Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. For he gave unto Daniel the name of Belshazzar, and to Hananiah Shadrach, to Mishael Meshach, and to Azrael Abednego. So now we have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay? But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat. Which means, I'm determined I will not be poisoned. I will not be tainted. I will not partner with perversion. I will not partner with idols. I refuse to be a part of that. Nor with the wine that he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord the king, who has appointed your meat and your drink. For why should he see your faces worse liking than the children which are of your sort? Then shall you make me endanger my head to the king. Like you're asking me to do this, but you're putting my life on the line. Then said Daniel to Melshazzar, Melzar, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenances be looked upon before thee, and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat. And as thou seest, deal with thy servants. In other words, okay, you're worried about this. You're worried about your life before the king. So just give us 10 days. And the thing that comes to my spirit is, I don't know if it's of any relation, but I think about in the book of Revelation, because remember, we just did that whole study. If you've not seen that, bride, you need to see the study that we did on the book of Revelation. But I think about, you know, when it says that you will be brought up before the council and you will basically serve 10 days. And the, I don't know if it's going to be related to this, but that's what's in my heart right now. Okay, so, so he consented to them in this matter and proved them 10 days. And at the end of 10 days, their countenances appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. So in other words, because they honored God, they looked better before the king. Thus Melzar took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them pulse. As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. Lord, we pray that when we, when our time comes and we stand before the king, in whatever measure that you have allotted, Lord, that we have this same thing. That we have the knowledge and the skill and all learning and wisdom. Lord, grant it unto all of us, Lord, we need that wisdom. 
And as for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill and all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding. God give us understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days, end of the days that the king had said he should bring them in, then the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> oh, bad! Can you imagine? Can you imagine being Daniel, Shadrach, and, and Abednego? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and you're going to stand before the king. Oh, my goodness. I can't even imagine what they was feeling. And the king communed with them. And among them, all was found none like Daniel. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. Oh, excuse me, O oh king. You're saying that you like us better, but let me just tell you, King, the reason you like us better is because we have the wisdom of God. We put God first in our lives. It is God who speaks through us. That's what I see, don't you, Brad? That's why they're the best. And Daniel continued even into the first year of King Cyrus. Wow. And in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams, wherewith his spirit was troubled, and his sleep broke from him. Then the king commanded to call the magicians and the astrologers and the sorcerers and the Chaldeans for to show the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king. And the king said unto them, I have dreamed a dream, and my spirit was troubled to know the dream. Then spake the Chaldeans to the king of Syria, O king, live forever. Tell thy servants the dream, and we will show you the interpretation. So the king answered and said unto the Chaldeans, The thing is gone far from me. If you will not make known unto me the dream, with the interpretation thereof, you shall be cut to pieces. Oh my gosh, can you imagine, Brad? <laughs> oh no. And your houses shall be made a dunghill. Oh no. Oh, he's saying, all you prophets out here that say you're prophets, if you don't come back to me, you magicians, all you fake people, if you don't come back to me with not only the dream, but the interpretation of the dream. I'm going to kill you and everybody in your house. Oh, man. But if you show the dream and the interpretation thereof, you shall receive of me gifts and rewards and great honor. Therefore, show me the dream and the interpretation thereof. I do believe this, bride, that we are coming in the day of... Uh, a showdown between the true and the false. Uh, I see this coming in our nation. The king answered and said, I know of certainty 
Oh, and then, hold on. Okay, verse 7. They answered again and said, Let the king tell his servants the dream, and we will show the interpretation of it. The king answered and said, I know of a certainty that if you would gain the time, because you see the thing is gone from me, but if you will not make known unto me the dream, there is but one decree for you, for you have prepared lying and corrupt words to speak before me till the time be changed. Therefore, tell me the dream, and I shall know that you can show me the interpretation thereof. The Chaldeans answered before the king and said, There is not a man upon the earth that can show the king's matter. Therefore, there is no king, lord, nor ruler, that have asked such things of any magician or astrologer or Chaldean. And it is a rare thing that the king requires, and there is none other that can show it before the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. For this cause the king was angry and very furious and commanded to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. And the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain. And they sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. Then Daniel answered with counsel and wisdom to Ariot, the king of the captain's guard, which was gone before to slay the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Ariot, the king of captain, Why is the decree so hasty from the king? Then Ariot made the thing known unto Daniel. Then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time and that he would show the king the interpretation. Oh, 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 oh. you better know your God if you're going to tell it to him. Give me time. Oh, no, king. I know you say you're going to go out here and you're going to kill everybody. I don't know, but just give me time, and I'll, I'll be back. I'll give you the interpretation. I can you imagine. Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Michelle, Azariah, his companions that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning the secret, that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He reveals the deep and the secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. I thank thee and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might, and has made known unto me now what we desired of thee, for thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. Therefore Daniel went into Arioch, whom the king had ordained to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said unto them, Destroy not the wise men of Babylon, Bring me in before the king, and I will show him the king the interpretation. Then Ariad brought in Daniel before the king in haste, and said thus unto him, I have found a man of the captives of Judah that will make known unto the king the interpretation. 
The king answered and said unto Daniel, Whose name was Belshazzar? Art thou able to make known unto me the dream which I have seen and the interpretation thereof? So Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king has demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers show unto the king, but there is a God in heaven that reveals secrets and maketh known unto the king Nebuchadnezzar, which shall be in the latter days. Thy dream and the visions of thy head upon thy bed are these. And here we go, but as for thee, O king, thy thoughts came into my mind upon the bed. What should come to pass hereafter? And he that reveals secrets makes known to thee what shall come to pass. But as for me, the secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than any living. But for their sakes that shall make known the interpretation to the king. And that thou mightest know the thoughts of my heart. Thou, O king, sawest, and behold a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. This image's head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. Thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay, and break them to pieces. Then was this iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together, and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away, that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This is the dream, and we will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. Thou, O king, are a king of kings, for the God of heaven has given thee a kingdom, power and strength and glory. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beast of the field and the fowls of the heaven has he given into thy hand, and has made thee ruler over them all. Thou art this head of gold. And after thee shall arise another kingdom inferior to thee, and another third kingdom of brass, which shall bear rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, forasmuch as iron breaks into pieces and subdues all things. And as iron that breaks all these, shall it break in pieces and breeze. And whereas thou sawest the feet and toes, potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it of the strength of the iron. Forasmuch as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. 
but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom, which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God has made known unto the king what shall come to pass hereafter, and the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof sure. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and worshipped Daniel, and commanded that they should offer an oblation and sweet odors unto him. The king answered unto Daniel and said, Of a truth it is that your God is a God of gods and a Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets, seeing thou could reveal this secret. Then the king made Daniel a great man, and gave him many gifts, and made him ruler over the whole providence of Babylon, and chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. Then Daniel requested of the king, and he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon, but Daniel sat in the gate of the king. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold, whose height was threescore cubits, and the breadth thereof six cubits, and he set it up in the plain of Dura, in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Boy, we see that a lot today, don't we? Oh. Oh. Then the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the providences were gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations and tongues, languages, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And whoso falleth not down and worship shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Now, Bly, do we see that today? Hmm. Do we see this today? Do we not see all of the kingdoms gathering together? Do we not see the war that is coming to the church? Do we not see the campaign of the To Get Her Together campaign? Do we not see the army of hell coming after the church? Do we not see this false kingdom rising right before our eyes? 
do we not see the fire in the furnace being prepared for us? Yes, we do. So let's continue. And we're going to see what happened to these people in this day. Wherefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spake and said unto the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. O, ho, 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 ho. Hold on. Hold on. Are we seeing persecution? Are we seeing slander? We know, bud, that's next on the table for us. It is a terrible persecution coming to the church. We've got to get ready, Brad, because remember, your name is going to be, you know, they're going to come after your name. But you have to remember, it's not your name that needs to be exalted. It's his name. So the will of the Lord be done, whatever slander, persecution, lies, whatever they want to throw and turn all the world against you because they're going to paint this image of you being so evil. To get everybody to trust in the government and not trust the church anymore. Same scenario that's happening right here. So let's look. They, okay, they spake and said unto King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, has made a decree, and every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet flute, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worship, that he should be cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews who thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now these men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not your gods, nor worship the golden image that thou hast set up. We are going to be targeted, bride. The ones that choose to stand for righteousness and not bow to Baal will be targeted. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? You know, I can just hear him right now saying, I gave you the key to the table. I gave you a key to the door, a key to the palace. And now you're going to sit here in front of all these people and not worship my image? What's wrong with you people? Now, if you be ready that at what time you near the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all the kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? I'm so mindful. Who is your God? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said unto the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this hour. In other words, we understand who we're standing in front of, and we, we are answering you very, very carefully, sir. If it be so, our God, 
whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. Just like this song says, he has the ability to deliver us. He has the ability to stop that guillotine. He has the ability to send a thousand angels and lift us up out of here. If God wants us delivered, you got to remember this, Bob, when your time comes. If God wants you delivered, he will do it. He is God alone. And none, none of us, any of us that's watching this, can be killed without God's permission. If he wants us delivered out of that situation, he will do it. And guess what? Jesus said the same thing on the cross, didn't he, Brad? Jesus said the same thing. He said, not my will. I, a God could come take me and save me with a thousand angels. But your will be done. Jesus said it. We pray God gives us the grace that we say it when our time comes. Wow. This is a powerful Bible study this morning. All right. So then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do you not serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if ye be ready that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all these kinds of music you fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this hour. But if it be so that our God we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of your hand O king now they right there preach by that will preach preach because notice what they said brad we we need to hear this listen because and our we as a church we do this a lot oh you know, we'll, we'll pray and try to, we try to tell God what to do. And this is really bad in the New Eversight Reformation because they use dominionism where they say, we just tell everything in the atmosphere, do what we want to do because we're the kings and priests of God. We have the authority so we can say mountain be moved and we tell everything. But my argument to them on so many times is being, you cannot override God. How do you know what God's plan is all the time? You don't know. And this scripture right here just proves it. Yes, it does. Because here is what they said to the king. Let's go back and look at this. Check this out, Brian. Because here's the king saying, I'm going to throw you in the fire if you don't obey me. So here's what they said. If it be so, our God, who we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O King. Bam. 
They said on that first sentence, Our God whom we serve, He's able to deliver us, right, from the furnace. But what they said they know for sure is what? That He will deliver me out of your hand. So what they're saying is, the will of the Lord be done. Ever how God does it is His business. But I know for a fact He will deliver me from you. Not that he'll take me out the way we think he's going to do it. Do y'all hear me? I feel I'm preaching to somebody out there this morning. Sometimes we try so hard to figure God out and we try to tell him how to do it. We think, God, if you don't get me out of this miserable marriage, <laughs> if you don't get me out of this house, you know, I'm tired of suffering here, you know. If you don't get me out of this thing, I will not be able to finish my <laughs> I will not be able to finish my Christianity, you know. Instead of saying what God would want us to say is Lord, I need more grace. If you want I mean if you're if you're choosing for me to stay here in this situation, I'm gonna have to have more grace. Instead of wanting to leave all of the sufferings, leave all of the things that you're going through, we need grace to do it the way God wants to do it instead of the way our mind tries to figure out how to do it. Now, in Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's mind, they would just think God would never even put us in the fire. He, he would never even, you know... Uh, let us get near the flame. And this is the way New Apostolic Reformations teaches. You know, they teach that if you suffer, something is wrong with you. If you suffer, if you're poor, something's wrong with you. If you suffer, something's wrong with you. If you're not healed, you don't have enough faith. This is how they teach that everything is your fault, you know. Instead of saying, the will of the Lord be done, people. You don't know how God thinks. I mean, yes, we do know it's God's will that everybody be healed. Don't get me wrong, Brad. I'm just talking about people that can that try to control the end result. I've been guilty of it. I'm not saying I'm innocent of it. But I can imagine these two, three guys, you know, they're like, we don't want to go in no fire. So we just know God's not even going to do that. No, they didn't say that. They're saying, the will of the Lord be done, but I tell you what, O King, I know he'll deliver us from you. We don't know how he's going to do it, but he will. That's what they say right here, Brad. Let's read that scripture again. Verse 17. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able, you are able to lift us out of here. You're able to heal us, you're able to get us out of this FEMA train. You're you're able to get out of, get us out of this camp. You're able to take us away from this million man army. You're 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 able to shut up this whole situation. You're able to do this, but the will of the Lord be done. And if God so chooses, He will give us the grace to go through it. He will help us. But you will answer to him. Verse 18. But if not, even if you don't, 
Nebuchadnezzar. You hurt this man's pride. This is the man that told all these people, I will destroy you if you don't do what I want and you don't give me the proper uh, answer that I want, I will not only I will not only kill you, but I will kill everybody in your family. This is who these men went up against, the most powerful man in the earth. And then they stood before him and said, you can do what you want, but I guarantee who's on our side. So let's see what happens, Brad. Verse 19, Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spoke and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them in the burning, fiery furnace. So they were bound up, Bob, when they went in the fire. Oh, God help us. This is what I see in the spirit. Bound up meaning they had nowhere to turn. There was no way out. They were bound up. They were stuck. They were. This was their destiny. They had to do this whether they liked it or not. And they went into that fiery furnace with no way out. They were trapped. Therefore, okay, here we go. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Can you imagine? I just see it like slow motion, like... You know, just cast right in to the fire. I mean, can you just see them as they're being cast in there, like... You know... Man. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Oh, I look at this and I think, remember the dream I told you, Bride, of how that man tried to molest me. Remember that in my dream? I wasn't scared for me. I, I was scared for him. Because you're messing with God's anointed. And I feel sorry for you. Because he's my father. You know, he is going to... I'm his bride. You, I'm Jesus' bride. You're going to pay a price. You're messing with the man, you know. And those angels slammed him to the ground. And he was screaming in horror because he couldn't see what was holding him down. But I do. <laughs> I got angels around me, sir. And you touch me, you're going down, you know. But that's what I see here because those people 
who were just obeying the king. This is what's so sad. These people were obeying the king. See, this right, hey, this is another thing I'm going to preach. Oh, oh, oh. I keep telling everybody, I keep telling everybody, if you are attached to the apostasy and you are attached to idols, you will receive the idol's fate. Do you understand, Brad? These men were serving their king, loyal to his agenda. Oh, well, that's my job. Okay, is it really? You know, like a lot of nurses, doctors, everybody out there is like, I'm just doing my job, you know, so um, I can just take the mark of the beast, you know, because God understand because, you know, this is just a part of my job. No, you have to take a stand of righteousness, whether it's your job or not. You have to choose this day who you will serve. These guys that threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire, why did they do it? They knew as the guardsmen for this king that these three men were being punished because they refused to bow to the false idol, the false idol of Nebuchadnezzar. Am I right? So they knew these guys were being punished for not bowing to Babylon not bowing to Baal. So if you're going to obey the king and you're going to throw these people in the fire, you got consumed. You was the one burned up, not them. They are in the shelter of the Almighty. But you chose. You made a choice. I'll leave that there. All right, let's continue. Okay. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And then over here on the side in the notes, uh, they got written in this Bible, Suffering for Christ. Yeah, I can see that when it talks about they fell down bound, which means it's the will of the Lord we suffer. Okay. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spoke and said unto his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True. That's right. Yeah, we did. We did. Ah. Uh -huh. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. Walking. <laughs> oh, man. That will preach. Yes, it will. Bam in your face. Devil. Mm. Three went into the fire. Three was bound up. Three went in there and fell down in their suffering. But, but the king looked in there and saw what he saw. Four. Four. But were they still down? Were they still on the ground? No. They were standing. Not just standing. 
walking. <gasps> How can you walk when you're... Oh, 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 man. How did those men get thrown into the fire? Look. Bound up is what the Bible says. But bound up in their coat. Bound up. Bound. Do you hear me? Bound. <laughs> bound up. But honey, when the king looked in there, it was walking. When the king looked in there, these men were free and they were walking. Treehouse Publishers presents Author and White House correspondent Dr. June Knight has published 10 books. As she traveled the country in obedience to God-serving ministries, her books are about the Bride of Christ, preparing the church for the end of days, persecution, purity, and spiritual warfare. She even wrote a book revealing the pain and struggles of her own life called Testimony of a Broken Bride Jesus is the True Husband. Her books hope to help families make right decisions in the coming days about the mark of the beast and to choose Jesus over the beast system. Dr. June released four books this year about current day situations such as judgment, technology, tribulation days and more. These four books released in April of 2020 after she left the White House and exposes what she knows about President Trump and the Antichrist agenda. These books reveal apostasy plus idolatry equals judgment and it's for the harvest. Dr. June reveals the great divide in the church in this hour due to the great deception. She explains what is the ecumenical movement, new apostolic reformation, and false religions, exposes the one world religion agenda. Dr. June exposes the new world order and satanic agenda. This book exposes the lie of the new apostolic reformation evangelicals who have surrounded the president and is partnering with the beast system. This book chronicles 40 days of repentance and casting down 40 idols in our nation and church. This book reveals the biblical pattern of judgment and the current judgment. What is the pattern of God's judgment? Why does he judge? What is my role in this? This book discusses now that we know apostasy plus idolatry equals judgment where do we go from here? How do we prepare? What do we look for? What about technology? The human implantation chip, etc. So purchase the American pot books today before they shut them down. Be alert. Be informed. Be equipped for the war ahead. Or go to www.gotreehouse.org and purchase all 10 of Dr. June's books today on sale. If you are interested in writing a book please go to treehousepublishers.com. Thank you.